Testing, testing, one, two, three. For the fourth time, testing, testing, one, two, three. Test, 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 test. And Fuck that you. is how you test to make sure your audio equipment is uh, recording. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the New Age Boxing Podcast with me, Andy White, and with me today, an unexpected Mr. Theobald. Somewhere in Milton Keynes, there is a wife crying on her own on her birthday while I sit here <laughs> for you, for the fans, for the fans. Like, so when my divorce papers come through, we'll raise a just giving page. You lot can all help me pay for, uh, for the inevitable. And alongside Mr. Theobald, we have... You guys already know Hollywood Terry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hollywood Terry. Hmm. Okay, we Sat have in first class on the way up here, just because I can now. Because you can. Well, I didn't even have a didn't even have a standard ticket. Didn't even have a ticket. Yeah, don't need a standard, mate. I'm just gonna go first class anyway. Just it's like a gold on, card or black card. Just, just sit on the train. Look at the inspector. He's like, I remember you from yesterday. <laughs> I know the voice. Yeah, great performance. <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was out of habit about to ask you two what you got up to this weekend until I realised that we we've spent about eight hours of the weekend together. <laughs> I was trying to find out how to phrase that. <laughs> we spent it together. Um, cue the romantic music. We had our commentary debut last night on uh, debut. debut. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> On uh, MTK's show at the Brentwood Centre. Essex so, Fight Night. That was cool. That was extra cool. Um, Big shout out to MTK, Lee Eaton for having us on there. Coogan, Cassius for you know being a oh, gracious quite, host. Yeah, yeah. And for nicking our last wine gum. <laughs> but yeah, all the people at IFL, all the people at MTK, thank you very much. Um, hopefully M- we- MA Action Sports for doing the broadcast on YouTube. Yeah, hopefully we uh, we did the job. Hopefully we entertained, filled in the uh, the gaps that needed filling. And didn't give you the corporate bullshit. Yes, I can swear again. Yes, it's happening this week. Yeah, they were clucking like crackheads between them. Like <laughs> I had to go round to the table on the other side of the yeah. ring to go and sit with Craig Sam and, uh, Craig and Sam from Fight Talk and Brooke. To Sweat swear. <laughs> I had to go round there to go and swear... <laughs> To then What's walk wrong back. With you two? <laughs> <laughs> to walk back, so I've got it out of my system. Like two, like I'm not even kidding. Either. And also, that just a quick one. Shout out to Peter McDonough and Danny Cassius Connor for joining in the commentary as well. Danny Connor is a br- like somebody out there will use him as a pundit. Like that lad can talk sense. And well, there you go. That's why he can't get on. <laughs> <laughs> but while he's talking sense, he can also like keep eye contact with somebody in the corner. <laughs> shadow boxing to show the shots he wanted them to tell Ed Hill to throw in the fight it was uh, it was quite amusing <laughs> oh no no I like Danny I, I think I said it before like he's a real he's a real character yeah good man 
Okay, so we have absolutely tons to get through. So if you could just uh, deviate and digress as much as possible, Terry, take us down some long, long answers. That would definitely benefit your expedient <clears throat> trip home. <laughs> See, I'm pretending I'm not here for the day, right? So all I'm here is to fire some bombs off and then I'm going home. What? Like, so don't even throw questions my way. When I want to join in, I'll join in. Uh, <laughs> otherwise... I'm literally um, only here to fuck Gallagher off, and then that's about it. It's uh... Uh, okay. Um, right, so I guess we start with the matchroom card from yesterday. Now, how much of this did we actually see? Ah, uh, just the bits of interest, if there were any. Uh, Crawler Burns, do you want to start there? Standard her shit fest, really, isn't it? Just cobble <laughs> together some guards you got on your stable. Go into a heartland where you would just sell tickets because it seems the residents there aren't that bright, and they'll just buy anything you sell them. <laughs> Wow! And bang, you have you have the card you had there. Uh, no, no, no. But but let's let's be brutally honest here, right? That's a card where Gallagher said, "Mate, get all my fighters on. Don't worry about whether they're any good or not. Just get all my fighters on, or I'm not answering your calls." Anymore. Even Marcus Morrison got a run out after what two defeats in a row. Or Marcus something. Morrison got a run out. That's like if I turned on Super Sunday and I saw Noel Whelan turning out for Man United, I think, <laughs> how the fuck's that happened? That's the equivalent of what's no, happened there. Oh, Whelan. I love that reference. He's so old school. That's what's so ha- terrible. That's what's happened there. Is it, How's Marcus Morrison? But, and then he's like, oh, I want the rematch with whoever it was that filled him in last time. Well, uh, mate, mate, so, so, mate you know, <laughs> there's a list here. Which one of them do you want? <laughs> but he is. He's, he's another Gallagher rat, isn't he? So I'm just, <laughs> right, okay. you know. Just get some structure. No. Tom Shagger Gallagher. (laughs) That could be anyone called Gallagher for the record. I'm not not naming any individual particular. But the guy's an ass. Sorry, he's an absolute (sighs) ass. And if he's listening, yeah, I mean that. I'll see you soon. A shitty little podcast. Try. Yeah. Big love to Dave Caldwell, though. Quite like Dave. Um, yeah, um, but, but no. Let's touch on quickly that Hosea Burton interview because once I've said all this, I can probably go home. No. <laughs> that Hosea Burton interview after the fight, like a, you've beaten a guy who's flown in from Iran twenty four hours earlier. B, rumor is that this guy was meant to be fighting um, somebody else who's very highly touted as a cruiserweight, who's a very good man, uh, on the next gen show next week. And C. It's not just me that, that saw that interview straight after the fight of Isaiah Burton when he said, I didn't lose that fight. In my heart, I never lost that fight. Well, no, no, no. It was weird because I lost no, it, wait, wait, but no, I didn't no, lose no, it. No, 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 no. It wasn't. It started off being, I didn't lose it. I got beat. And then it was, <laughs> I, I, I didn't get beat. I lost it. <laughs> one or the other, Isaiah. <laughs> Make your mind up which one it is. And then you had Joe Gallagher pipe up in the background. You know how, like, if you had a hard group of mates and then you've got one soft little prick at the back, and then they're like, they're coming over the shoulders of that mate going, yeah, and you. Like, yeah. that's what he was. And he turns up and he says, uh, oh, Frank Bumglione doesn't want anything to do with Hosea Burton in a ring. And I'm like, Bumglione. <laughs> Bumglione. Oh, you know man. Is, no, no, do you know the thing is, you know he tried that out in the dressing room before, right? <laughs> and all his mates went, yeah, 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 Callum, 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 listen to this. Yeah. Bumglione. <laughs> that is so funny. No, we should definitely use that. But you, you know what? Definitely. But you know what? I think they probably like went, like nodded and winked and went, yeah, that, that is really good joke. <laughs> like the that is, dog. That is. <laughs> <laughs> God almighty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they probably Terry's went. Literally. 
that is that is Eyes phenomenal, Joe. You really need to go with that. Do it live as well. Oh. Like don't don't muck about. Go in live with that, Joe. And so don't make it relevant to the question either. <laughs> <laughs> so it's ironically made Terry into the biggest Frank Buglioni fan out there because of how disingenuous that entire interview was with Hosea Burton. Have you ever had that? Like, you know, you're watching a conflict or a fight and you you take one side, right? And then someone does something. And then you're like, no, 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 no. I'm on this side now. Yeah. It was immediate. I was like, Bumglioni. <laughs> like, if you'd even just said bum gravy, I'd have been okay <laughs> with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, we've lost structure. But where but, are we at? But the thing is, no, but the thing about that whole Burton thing was, it was Hearn's demeanor that was interesting in that. Because Hearn was kind of looking at Burton like, you know when you have to take one for the team and you've got a mate who's really enthusiastic with the woman he's got because he's quite proud and you're kind of there like, uh, oh no, I'm hoping, I'm hoping a fire alarm goes off or something. I'm just hoping, I'm hoping the world ends in the next two minutes or so. And he was just there because he was there going, oh, European world level. I was like, mate, you don't mean any of this. He said he wanted Bivol. Feed him to Bivol. The thing Feed is, like, when you watch Burton box, there's something strange where he boxes like, it's like the Paralympics. If they had boxing there, oh. if there's a lack of, there's just a lack of, it just looks wrong. So we, we right, so we did actually, that's almost talking about Corbin Burns. No, 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 no but basically, let's just, let's just crystal box oh. off the, the Burton fight. So this Ratu Latiniara, whatever his name is, basically it's a Fijian soldier who, just left the army, you know. Undefeated cruiserweight. That's what I yeah. took away from it. Like, is he managed or mental by some reverend? And that's how he basically got into the sport. By some, I mean, God wasn't going to help him last night. That's for sure. So he shows up. And if I'm being honest with you, I think he's out on the piss on Friday night. If anyone's in Edinburgh, did you see this guy on the lash? <laughs> because the way he went down from being tapped, it was literally like he was still pissed. And he was just like, I haven't got any balance here. Because he was fine. As soon as he stood up, he was fine. Maybe it wasn't Friday. Maybe it was Saturday afternoon he was on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, imagine calling someone at 12 o'clock to come in box. But you've already told him, mate, you might be boxing on the next gen show. Rumour has it. Don't know. Um, you know, that's what the boxing journalists have been saying. But all over, man, it just... Like a lot of the stuff Hearn's doing, and I think it's just down to being stretched across all fronts. I think Hearn's just struggling to keep on top of things like he used to a couple of years ago when he had the pick of the dates, the slots, and the events. So, do you want to touch on Crawler Burns? Crawler Burns. Absolute <laughs> bore fest. Ricky Burns, double jab, right hand, Crawler, high guard, marches in, Gallagher this, Gallagher that, boring, boring, boring. Don't even care who won. Think it was Crawler. If they rematch, can someone shoot me, please? Yeah, anything I, else I must admit I was I, we were talking about it on the way home I, said, I don't even care what Crawler does next um, the right, thing is, do you know what that, that was that fight was it was a Europa League place yeah and so you've got all these nothing wrong with the Europa League this season oh yeah sorry Terry as an Arsenal fan but you know as a Spurs fan I've been used to it for many years and it's not that exciting when you're in the race for fifth position and so you've got all these fighters that are a level above that have already proven it to both of them. So Terence Crawford's come over and wiped the floor with Burns. Linares twice has beaten Crawler. They're your Champions League. And then you've got these Europa League fighters at a push. Um, Europa Who League. is the best of the rest? Well, maybe, to be fair, they were Europa <laughs> League three years ago. Like, I'm not even convinced they're that at the moment. But I'm sure... Right, they hope to get in are. on fair play. 
Yeah, they've got the least yellow cards going. Um, okay. It's embarrassing. No, it is embarrassing because in Manchester, there's a man called Terry Flanagan who will fight either one of those guys. And there's a belt on the line and Hearn is so stubborn that he refuses. But instead, we're talking about a rematch up in uh, up in Scotland. Because they don't want to fight Josh Taylor. Right, right let's move on because at this rate, we're going to be talking here at 2 a.m. Crazy rant, tick... Lots of swearing and dog accusations. Tick. <laughs> There's no accusations. No accusations against anybody. Um, Sam Eggington versus... Oh, I'm so happy he lost. <sighs> I haven't seen the fight. I don't care. I do not care, right? Yeah, Sam Eggington is a crackhead. <laughs> no, look, I'm, I'm not going to give you any technical breakdown of this fight. I'm not going to give you anything about it at all. I'm so happy he lost, though, because... There's a very good reason Sam Eggington was going to go on the road as a journeyman at the beginning of his career. Because he's not very good. <laughs> However, he's a tough man. Like, let's not take anything away from he Eggington. He looks tough, to be fair. Eggington's not a man you want to go and get in a ring with. Like, Anthony Crawley, you suspect he's a really nice bloke outside of the ring. You'd suspect Eggington might be an okay bloke, but I bet he's tough as nails. I bet he's got every spiteful element about him if he needed it. What's he doing up at European level? Like, And they were talking a while back of putting him in with Danny Garcia. How badly would that end? And so for Sam Eggington's own benefit, I'm glad he lost because he needs to settle at where his level is. And we saw him in the British title fight when Bradley Skeet, who can box, picked him apart. I, mean, I haven't seen this fight from last night. I'm not going to go back and watch it. It was, it was wonderful. And the reason it was wonderful is you got to about round 10 and they had to just go, yeah, I think Eddie's got Eggington down. Yeah, Carl's got Eggington down. You know, with all the Dave Corwell's got Eggington down, and they and the thing is, they were trying to. You know how Sky do it? They were trying to spin it like somehow Eggington is doing well. Close rounds. Yeah, yeah. I think gave his customary 10-10 round in this fight. You know how he always likes to throw one of those in there just to <laughs> piss the internet off. I banned Danny Connor last night from doing that. He was going to give one. <clears throat> Not having it, Danny. But basically, I was happy mm. because, you know, lads come over from France. No one really knew who he was. Clearly, the matchmaker didn't know who he, he was. was. nine to one, I think, that guy. Yep. And he just came and he was a southpaw and he was awkward. He wouldn't, he just wouldn't engage with Eggington. So he's just picking him off and moving off. And as a result, Eggington just looked confused. I'm happy as well. You know, just get rid of the lad. Man. Yeah. Now, let, let me go deeper than that. Sorry. There's a young man called Chris Congo. Um, real name Chris Mbwakongo boxed for Team GB he fought for our country talented at 147 tall at the weight can punch can move go on YouTube and look up Chris Congo and you tell me who you'd rather invest your money in him or Sam Eggington but Chris Congo's there scratching around on York Hall at a level he doesn't deserve because Eddie Hearn has these little pet projects that he tries to sell in these different geographies and good fighters are suffering as a result. That's why I struggle to like Eggington because he has an opportunity I don't think he deserved. He's just another Frankie Gavin, isn't he? If we're being honest. You, know, you inflate him up to a certain point, the bubble bursts, you try again until eventually the fans tell you we don't care about Sam Eggington. If Hearn has a conscience, if Warren has a conscience, they'll get their money out and they'll sign Chris Congo. And until then, just, you know what I mean, sod these guys like Sam Eggington, but, like this dross. But on the back of it as well, like the first thing that they come out with, him and John Pegg, is talking about moving up to £154 and how he struggled so much with 147 Right, you, you knew that before the fight. 
if that's the case, tell us before the fight. Don't make the excuse for it afterwards. Because if you'd have won, <laughs> you wouldn't have said that. If you'd have somehow got the robbery on the cards, you wouldn't have said that. You would have said, you know, yeah, we're going to stay at 147, go for a world title now that we've defended the EBU. But you didn't, you lost. And so straight away, the first thing that comes out of anyone's mouth is 154 pounds. We're coming up to it. So everyone at home, get ready for your pay-per-view of Kel Brook versus uh, Sam Eggington coming up, I reckon, February. February time. Okay. Um, British Boxing Blog asks, following his British title win, how do the pods see Lewis Ritson doing against other domestic contenders, Dodd, Cardell, etc.? Um, this is in reference to Lewis Ritson winning against Robbie Barrett. Robbie Barrett was a paper bag of a fighter. Let's be absolutely honest about this. You know, <laughs> that, that's all he existed to do was just to, to be there to fortuitously hold a belt. And then he got beaten up by a guy who was strong enough, tough enough to show up. That's all that happened. So what do you reckon to Ritson? Because I don't know anything about him. Jesus <clears throat> Christ. But what's the man made of? Ritson's the sort of guy that if I had a problem with some bouncers and I stood with Lewis Ritson, I'd say whatever the fuck I wanted. I'd, be, I'd tell those bouncers about themselves, their mums, their families. And I'd just look at Lewis Ritson and go, you got to get through him to get through me. Barrett was hitting with everything. And all he did is he just drop his gloves, shake his head, come back again. Just ripping horrible shots to the head and to the body. I know some Northerners, including the lads at British Boxing Blog, that rate Ritson highly, really, really highly. What weight um, is he? He's in a lightweight. lightweight. I, I'd be worried. I, I would want to see one more test because I told you Barrett's a paper bag of a fighter. But he looks like, you know, he, you're going to have to be good to get past him. I don't think Sean Dodd beats him. I think Dodd, Dodd will get wiped out. This man is no Tom Stalker. And the good thing is with the Northeast lads as well is that they will often have to fight for the opportunities. It's not like they're going to get these um, Latvians come over now and pad the record out. There's a very good chance he will be given real fights to build on that. And have to earn his position. <clears throat> no TV Connor deals. Ben fought last night. <laughs> Did he? Brilliant. He was co-main event. Uh, about, speaking of earning positions, no, Connor no, Ben no. fought. No, I'm going to stand up for Connor Ben fought. I, I think, I've always said this, he gets a raw deal because of who his dad is and who he is. No, I like he can him. make his professional debut on a on a big glitzy show. It's not like I mean he hasn't. He's, he's put himself up there I, to be. I, I don't had think, mud well, slung at him. I don't think he put himself up there. I think right, he was he, put up there. But it was put in a position where mud could justifiably but let's, let's be, be clear, slung. It's at nothing him. personal against Conor no, Ben. Not it's at against all. the way that he's handled. So to make him a co-main event of that fight last night against Nathan Clark, and and I found it really disrespectful actually when when the Sky Bods took the approach of. Well, he's had five weeks to prepare for this. And I'm like, but Conor Ben doesn't do anything but box. Conor Ben, the full-time athlete <laughs> yeah. who's yeah. who's sponsored by Reebok. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like, you can't you can't make up the craps Adam Smith comes up with, can you? Like, you know, that's how much of the time this is not the ITN newsroom anymore. Like, you know, you don't have to make stuff up. Just tell us <laughs> <laughs> you're fighting. I mean. You, you, I mean, you're fighting a toothbrush. That's really what you're doing. But considering he did fight a toothbrush, he got him out of there pretty quickly. The right hand he dropped him with the first time. Impressive. I, I saw a bit of evolution in Conor Ben for the first time. So I'm happy. I'm absolutely happy with the way he's progressing at the moment. I wish it was a bit lower profile just for his own development. But what but can you say? But to be clear, you can't blame, again, you can't blame Conor Ben for that. You can blame the fact that Eddie Hearn needs to start filling up some headline slots over the next two years for that 
My question to Hearn is, will he put him in with a puncher yet? Put him in for Dean Richardson. If anyone doesn't know Dean Richardson down south, he's on the undercard next week of Groves versus Cox. He's a phenomenal um, young welterweight. Time shots perfectly. He hits hard. Um, he's a black cab driver. So there's your narrative for uh, for Sky. Um, he would give Conor Ben a hard time. I'd be interested. In What's thinking him with Chris Congo? If you seeing as Eddie doesn't want to put money in Congo's pocket, put him in with Congo. Let, let, let Congo do it for free. We, 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 who would let a boxer box for free in 20 yeah. years? Embarrassing. Maybe a promotional company has been struggling for money. Where where would that be? I couldn't. I can't think. No. Mind okay. blank. Okay. Right. So all in all, in all, what did you think of that matchroom card? Trash. Well, I didn't. Garbage, I'm, I detritus. Can't, I can't talk badly of it because I didn't see it, but it sounds terrible. Right. It, was, it was just. It was. It was just workmanlike. It, it was. We've got a date to fill. If you don't fill it, Frank Warren will fill it. Let's just put people. If on you there. weren't. If you weren't where you were last night, would you have been compelled to watch it? To I would, slag I would it off. I would have had it on. Whether I'd have watched yeah. it is probably different. <laughs> to slag it off, yeah, absolutely. I want to always feel that I've got a basis to slag people off. I'd probably have had the Channel 5 one on, I think, to be fair. Because at least that's a little bit more competitive in the fights that won. Okay, moving on then. Eubank Yildrim, World Boxing Super Series. We actually watched the knockout, Ooh. didn't we? Um, ringside. Ooh. Do you know there's a point in a boxer's career you look and you go... I think he could do this to anyone. I genuinely think Eubank Jr. could do it to anyone. Um, and that's a very worrying thought because what it means is you've got to keep this man off you for 12 rounds. Like You have to have a gas tank and a half. Like You've got to have like a, a Saudi Arabian oil reserve sized <laughs> gas tank to deal with this man. Because I don't think Yildrim did much wrong, but Eubank straight from the belt just shoots out bang, bang, bang. And it's that right uppercut that people don't see. And it's the worst thing is that Eubank's been throwing that from day one. From day <laughs> one, he's been throwing that right uppercut and it rips through. And whether it's just, it's such a powerful shot because that was breaking the Arthur Abraham guard. And like, if you can break Arthur Abraham's guard, then that's an impressive shot. He's been throwing that from day one and no fighter has found a way. And whether you need to just cross the arm and use a cross-arm defence rather than the traditional vertical defence, I don't know. But until somebody finds a way to like actually nullify that shot. But I think the problem is with European fighters, they don't know how to use their arms defensively. So some of the, some of the Mexican guys are very clever in that sense that once they get on the inside, they'll just put their arms on yours so you can't move. So you can't throw the uppercut because there's normally a left arm on top. And even if I can't do that, if, if he's got his arm held high, I'll just hold his arm. If I know you want to throw the right uppercut, I'll hold that arm going, well, I don't mind taking the left one, but the right one is... And no one has been that crafty with Eubank yet. The worrying thing is I don't think George Groves is that sort of guy to do that. Do you think Jamie Cox can uh, handle that? Because I don't think we need to worry about it, to be fair. Well, you said you think you can do it against anyone do you think he could do it against George Groves yeah I'd if we look at the people who give Groves trouble it's guys that can be consistent for 12 rounds and we know Eubank can be consistent for 12 rounds it's guys it's guys who can rip hooks and uppercuts on Groves that tend to confuse him a lot he's good with what I call fish and chip boxers you know guys who stand up throw a jab in a right hand he's good against those sorts of fish and chip fighters but the rest of it nah he's actually really good to be honest I 
George Groves has actually endeared himself to me over the recent past and recent fights just because of what he's gone through and then what he's achieved. Um, and traditionally, it seems that they would, those sort of fighters would be kept apart, him and Eubank, kept apart for ages and let it, you know, whatever they call it, marinade, marinade <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But because they're going to face each other so quickly, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to that. Well, let's see if they do first. I've always got my doubts about the commercial side of it. And assuming George Groves beats Jamie Cox, which I, I think he will, let, we'll see if it happens. It's, it's such a big fight domestically yeah. that it's worth so much money that to do it within the terms of the World Boxing Super Series seems a bit of a reach to me. Do you know what terms are you're thinking that would limit it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, so the, there's a maximum purse that the winner and the loser can get out of it. Because there's only, the, I say only, but there's the $50 million prize fund for the tournament. So that $50 million needs to be split between however many number of fighters it is. Um, so eight fighters. So straight away, I mean, that's obviously getting cascaded down. So the winner will get more than the person that goes out in round one. Yeah, of course, yeah. And um, you can imagine that they'll cross-collateralize as well. So... The big fights that make money will cover the smaller fights that didn't make yeah. money. So there'll be yeah. that cross collateralization that Hollywood films do this a lot, where Think in the music f- industry, where album number two might pay for the cost of album number one. Right. So what happens is like over the course of a year, it nets off, and well, you tell the taxman we didn't make a profit, even though one of this al- one of these albums sold shitloads of money. Yeah. So there's a lot of money that sat in Groves versus Eubank because they're probably number two and number three in the list of the highest commodity fighters in the UK. Like AJ sits a league above. But if you ask most people around a household out of the active boxers in the UK, I bet you Groves and Cox would consistently come within, you know, the top five. I don't know about Cox, but yeah. Uh, not Cox, sorry, Groves and Eubank. Um <laughs> they would consistently come within the top five, both those names. And so you think about what it could generate in its own right in a big stadium. I'm not saying it's a Wembley, but it could be an outdoor fight reasonably in the summer somewhere. You know, somewhere in London, like a, I don't know, Stamford Bridge or um, somewhere like that. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The only thing is, though, when they both sign up to this, they both would have known that they are in the mix of this. They would have known. but And they would have known that there was the likelihood that they could meet us. You know, possibly. Uh, don't, be sur- don't be surprised if someone suddenly gets a hand in. Yeah, that's uh, kind of where I'm thinking. They might not, and it might <laughs> so all come irritating. through. But and I, I pray that it all comes through because it's a fight that I'd love to see. But I say there's an awful lot of question marks yeah, for me over, over whether there's enough in that pot to to make it viable for both of them because they might well both go. We could make more individually if we stepped outside of this and did it for world titles because. <laughs> Yeah. Who's remembering that there were world titles on the line in these fights? It kind of slips me by. I'm not counting the IBO one of Chris Eubank, but all the other fights that have got world titles, they almost seem secondary to what the ultimate purpose of these these tournaments are. Which, I, I think that's a good thing, though, don't you not? I agree, but you take it outside of that and you suddenly say it's a world title fight, yeah, it's a okay. world title unification with the IBO. Um, then you put the, the emphasis back on that. Whereas a semi-final in the World Boxing Super Series, if it was a final, that's different. Mm. And I bet the Sourlands must be chewing their lips off about the fact... Oh, they're probably doing that anyway. Um, <laughs> about the fact that it's not going to be the potential final and it's just a semi. <laughs> Can't even get a semi. He's chewing his lips off so much. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so just to sort of reiterate, the Eubank smash it. What round did he take him out in? The third. third. Third round. Horrible left Brutal hook. Knockout. It was one of those left hooks you look at, and there wasn't a lot, I don't even think there was a lot of force on it, but it hit the point of the chin, and there was nothing Yildrum could do. Um, you know, people protested that the stoppage was premature. He was out. He was, as, soon, <laughs> as soon as that punch landed, he was out. Get him up for another one. Um, a question I missed from last week, Kieran Nelson. Uh, apologies. I know you guys have tipped Triple D, Daniel Dubois, to dethrone AJ. But what year do you realistically see that fight happening? 2019. Tail end of 2019. Wow, that's quite, that's quite soon, actually. Sooner than I expected. Well, look at the progress of Joshua. If you can say that that would apply to Dubois, then time-wise, it's probably not far off. Okay. Um... Who would, who would, this is the second question, who would win a fight between two Anthony Yard sized focus pads versus one focus pad sized Anthony Yard? <laughs> <laughs> Having walked past Anthony Yard, I mean, a focus pad and Anthony Yard, there's not a huge difference. Um, no. <laughs> you were commenting on that last night. No, I was surprised at how, how short Yard is. I mean, that could be beneficial to him in the long run in terms of how it suits his style. We'll know more when he steps up in, in opposition. Um, but I, I, I can't answer that question. But look, when you're the best light heavyweight on the planet, you can be whatever size you want. There are times he's 5'9", there are times he's 6'4". <laughs> it depends what outfit he wants to wear. Um, depends what heels he's rocking that day. Boxing Fan Zero asks, predict, well, asks you to predict your pound for pound top three for 10 years time. Which Hulk is- Hogan. Joe Gallagher. <laughs> Right, depending on the context, we, we kind of threw this about just before we started recording. And it's just that, look, Boxing Fan Zero, I don't know who you are, but predicting this for 10 years' time, this could be a boxer who hasn't even made his professional debut yet. So it's very difficult to actually give a really constructive answer. I'll put money on Charlie Rumble's daughter, though. Yes, Little Tails. Yes. If not to be a world champion, to win some form of Olympic gold or something like that. Tails, rumble, wow. Absolutely. Okay, right, let's move on. Because I think, to be honest, even if I shorten that to two years' time, I don't think I'm going to get any sense out of these two. So let's I'm move- not in the mood for sense, so let's apologies. Move- <laughs> let's move on. The fans don't want sense. They got that yesterday. They got sense from us for five hours yesterday. Today, That's why. Today is where we're getting That's let off the leash. your psyches are unraveled. The, woof, woof, the leash. <laughs> the, this is a rebound. Yeah, it was. You could see them twitching. <laughs> I'm not even going to be here. Like, two Tourette sufferers just It was, man. Clucking, near, nearly ended up just jumping on the ring girls. Yeah, just, just in that point of delirium. Okay, let's move on to the Cyclone card. But what did we see of a Cyclone card? I didn't anything. Bits and bobs. No, because the, you the problem is Channel 5 put a bar on the YouTube video. So I'm like, well, you're letting people watch it for free. What, they... So then the, on YouTube... So they've like, done a thing where you can't see it in your region? Yeah. Like, you fucking idiots, Channel 5. <laughs> you absolute yeah. bellends. Yeah. They've it, got it, too many people watching the channel, mate. It, it, wasn't, the it wasn't pay-per-view. So on a night where you've got three different televised events and then one online... <laughs> They're restricting You're restricting from catching up on... Your free event. <laughs> you absolute dibs. <laughs> you know that was Mick Hennessy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> You're sulking. He's like, no, I don't want you to watch anything. <laughs> if you weren't going to watch mine on YouTube, you can't watch anything. 
<laughs> what an absolutely stupid move. Okay, anyway. so Selby. So, this is Andrew Selby yeah. versus Ma- Maximo Flores. Flores. Maximo Flores. Andrew Selby fails to stop an opponent again. Starting to wonder about his power. Wait till he gets hold of the proper Mexicans. They'll teach him what power's all about. So kind of just riding along till that bubble bursts really i heard he was uh he was showboating a fair bit he does that a lot yeah and there's no need for that like if you're gonna knock the man out do it mm-hmm. but when you're just tip tap uh, you know I, I i i'm over that selby hype now you know okay. l- l- little guys just don't do it man. who cares they're small like, I mean, they're, they're like like 12 year old girls aren't they well, that's who why I, I was surprised you were getting so excited about this ritson if he's a lightweight. No, no. There's a difference light, between lightweight yeah. and super flyweight. Yeah, light, lightweight I can get interested in. Well, no. We do like Matthew Chander, though, talking about super flyweights. Matthew Chander's coming to the live show. Is he? He is, yeah. And he's boxing soon. He's boxing he, November for the British title, and I've told him. No, no, isn't he boxing on the next-gen show? No. He was going to be fighting Charlie Edwards. Edwards. Charlie Edwards is now fighting for the European title. So ah. on the annual Frank Warren charity, uh, the one they have at the, the hotel, the Hilton Hotel, he's fighting. I can't the name escapes me of who he's fighting, but for the British title on that. So if he wins, he said he will bring the British title down to the live show as well. Ooh. Like Matt Chander, good good Southern African man, you know, moral. lovely man as well. Like just, yeah. a, I like how his wife stands up for him on social media as well. Yeah, man, she's respect uh, to her. Just uh, feels like a natural place to plug the live show then. Oh, the live show you mentioned. Listen, mm. oh, sorry. Listen, everyone tweeting, Facebooking, whatever, tell us when you've bought your tickets. I don't, don't even say you're going to do it. You should have done it by now. Yeah? <laughs> Get those tickets. If I don't think you understand how unhinged that will be. <laughs> so, I mean, just... It like won't be recorded. Will... It won't be filmed. It will, We're going to take mobile phones off you on the way in. Yeah. And then we'd have sold them by the time you'd leave. <laughs> just to give you some idea, we're half an hour in. I have seven edit points in order to take out some of the things these guys have said. No. And you've already no. heard all, what they've put all, in. All my canine references stay. <laughs> Maybe just bleep out one of the main ones at the beginning, I think. <laughs> I think maybe leave it in, but just bleep. Uh, um, anyway, that was just that was just to give some... <laughs> when we but, go to the live show, they, these two are going to be let off the leash. I mean, not that I have much of a leash on them anyway. They just say what they want. Whoa, but. whoa. Don't talk about leashes. We'll get the wrong kind of people there. <laughs> You know who we're talking about. There's a star study. There's also a star study. No boxing trainers. December 18th, Camden, the etc. Theatre. I think we've sold. I didn't get my ticket update this morning. I tend to get one, but I didn't get it through. So uh, I think we've sold. 40% or something like that? Yeah, approaching 50%, which is great, given that we've announced it a week ago. Yeah, and you don't want to miss out because all, all you'll end up doing is going... I'm hearing all this stuff about what happened at the live show. There's no footage. There's nothing. I'm just hearing right, stuff. So still- Do not get Leon McKenzie cello rendered in this case, I, okay? I have been shouted down with these two, like, we're not recording it, essentially. No, we're, we're not. not. So, if you I don't, don't want to get done for slander. Not even that, but I want people to show up and get something they wouldn't get in any other circumstance. So, there like, you go. You've got to get your money's worth. Martin, just give us another, where can people get the tickets from? Uh, ticket EA but it's uh, pinned to my Twitter it's the top one but if you're not on my Twitter uh, it's www.ticketea.com if you search the etc theatre as well if you, you look can for etc theatre E-T-C-E-T-E-R-A theatre uh, you'll find it via there it's got a phone number on there so you, if you ring you avoid the uh, the £1.25 booking fee I believe as well 
And it's on uh, December the 18th. December the 18th, Monday, day after Hay versus Bellew, so there'll be plenty to chat about from that. And don't plenty complain that it's in the week because it's Christmas, so you should have that time off. And if you haven't, take it off. Just show up. Don't worry about how you're getting home or anything <laughs> like that. Just show up. There's a very good chance me and Andy are staying down in London for the night as well, so... Yeah, uh, yeah huh? and drinking, probably through the show as well. There's a very good chance of that. So, um, there you go. I don't know how... I, without boring you, but that's the best I can do for a plug. Awareness. Consider yourselves made aware. Tickets are now on sale. To move on with the Cyclone But we will card. plug it every single week until yeah. those tickets are <laughs> gone. Well. Just to warn you. Listen, the, the, the quicker you buy them, the quicker we shut That's true. For, for that all our social true. media mavens out there, keep demanding these networks, these channels, get us on commentary. <laughs> yeah. What, even after this? <laughs> refer them back to the YouTube one. Don't refer them back to, yeah. to, to tonight. Don't ever show them, if you ever get a chance to sit down and say, oh, these guys, I know they'd be great on commentary. Don't ever show them the, a podcast because that will never, just give them the link to the MTK show from last night. Join the 42,000 people that have watched it already. That was, that was, that was awesome. But that's enough. Um, we should sit down with Mick Hennessy and just show him how it's done. Yeah. Let's I show you it. how to do this, son. Okay, that is enough of self-grandiose. Oh, anyone heard from Mick? Is he all right? Minutes. What's the deal? <laughs> Someone just go and check Beachy Head while, you know, while... <laughs> uh, can, we, can we please move on? I just can't... This is... <laughs> So there you go. Like, see, I'll, this is what they do. <laughs> I'll leave that in just to, just, just, just so you can s- see. I'll leave that one in. Uh, right. Um, because it's a nice location. Right. Good if you just want to get things off your chest. Right. So Robin Dupre versus Luke Watkins. Watched a very small amount of this on uh, Craig at Fight Talk. Again, another shout out for them. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you guys and and, and Jordan Foster yes and Jordan uh, I'm nice sorry we didn't get to talk properly but good to meet you next time we will talk properly and good to see Brooke Stretfield down there uh, shout out to Brooke uh, but yeah, best I'm, driver in London <laughs> I managed to catch like maybe th- three four minutes of this and so firstly I want to congratulate Robin Dupre on being the first man to get a Commonwealth title shot and not bother exercising beforehand <laughs> um, because you know that takes a lot of commitment to avoid the gym for that long. Um, wow. This looks like a pub to me. I promise you it's the gym. All right, if nah. you say so. <laughs> um, Robin Dupre was sticking it on Luke Watkins the early rounds. Um, as much as you may not look like, you know, your, your archetypal boxer, he was sticking it on Luke Watkins. Luke Watkins was uncomfortable. Uh, I'll probably hand over to Terry because I didn't see an awful lot after that. Neither did I. But we should touch on this because I know I see Chamberlain was at the event. So I had a quick exchange with Isaac just to get his view on it. And he just looked and went, it's easy work for me. And I think it touches on something. The cruiserweight division in this country is getting to that sort of point where it's heating up nicely. I think all the fighters in that cruiserweight division want to fight each other. I think there's a lot of politics and management nonsense that gets in the way of it. But I'd be really interested to see how someone like an Isaac Chamberlain would fare at that level. I think he needs that sort of fight, like a Luke, Luke Watkins fight, to to legitimise, you know. Do we want to throw him in with a Matty Askin just yet? Don't know. I'd like to see him in a Luke Watkins fight. Um, and then you've got the young guys coming up, like Chris Billum-Smith. 
who was also at the event. So you got you got two young cruiserweight contenders there. Chris Billum had the same view as well of this is easy work. Can I just ask a quick question? Um, what is the range of cruiserweight? Mid to uh, long range. Short range. <laughs> the weight range. Up to um, 190. Yeah, from 175 to 200 pounds. Because you, it's, it's, it, you said before, it's the largest it's the largest weight category, right? Yeah, In it's terms a huge weight category. It's a massive gap. Um, how far into the heavyweight category are Bell, you and Hay at the moment? Just at the, on the fringe. So David will come in at about, I'm rec- I reckon about somewhere between 206, 210 pounds. He could boil down to cruiserweight. And can we give a quick shout out at this point? It seems like a really good opportunity to mention the WBC convention that happened last week. And there's talk coming out of it. The WBC are looking at introducing super heavyweight as a, uh, oh, really? a division. So like going against all everybody else, all sense, all logic. Don't worry about that. Those Mexicans have been on the old Sowell and Chang and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do what we want. <laughs> We're going to have a go at super heavyweight and introduce it. You need to it. ease off these Mexican references. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're uh, they're having a go. Apparently, they're looking at potentially introducing super heavy, which would come in. Any guesses? I've no Just idea. Hopefully, where? hopefully two twenty upwards. The, the fact that they're talking about it suggests that you don't mention that in passing without having done the groundwork to to do something about it so whether others are also looking at doing that or whether you're just going to have a WBC super heavyweight title okay no questions I, questions I, I, I would I would First like all, to rebase why? the weights so so let's be honest right you can have a heavyweight like Eddie Chambers and Eddie Chambers will weigh in at around 210 220 within that range and he could fight a Tony Thompson who will weigh in at around 270 pounds so you're looking at about four or five stone difference in the ring no other no other class in boxing has to deal with that much weight difference to the point where there is no advantage in being six foot one, six foot two anymore in boxing. So we don't get that skill level we used to get in the 70s and the 80s from guys like Joe Frazier all the way through to guys like Tim Witherspoon. So we, and we get annoyed by this, don't we? We just get these big lumbering oafs. If anyone saw Cornish versus Sexton, that's all you saw was two big lumbering oafs. Not really that good at boxing. So if you want that, if you want the freak show, have your super heavyweight division. That has no limit. You know, guys can come in six foot eight, 350 pounds if they want to. We want to see big men with skill. So there should be a class that says from maybe 200 to 220. Because, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice spread. It gives some cruiserweights who struggle to make weight, leeway to step into that zone. Without coming up against the, as you put it, freaks. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, why is has there ever been a super heavyweight division? No, look how long it took to have super heavyweight in the amateurs. I don't think we had it in the ABAs till like eighty two, eighty three. Martin, you not a fan? <clears throat> I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm a fan if everybody does it. I'm not a fan of one lot going rogue and having a play with it by themselves because we already complain that there's too many champions. There's too many. Um, weight categories like if you're going to do it everybody do it not just the WBC having a go at it I'd like to see uniformity within doing it yeah because then you've got he's the heavyweight champion of the world and the super heavyweight champion of the world haven't you that's that's, you know I'd like us to rebase the weights so I think you could take away a lot of these nothing weights like flyweight to bantamweight and the super flyweight to bantamweight yo that's three pounds just get rid of that 
Just bunch them all from straw weight to super flyweight. Yeah, weight. just I don't. Just, just adult yeah. babies. Yeah, just call it adult baby. <laughs> instead, instead adult of having baby. no, no, look, he's right. Instead of having like a groin protector, just put them in big nappies. And they right? have to say they've been working not in the gym in the crash. Yeah, they have to say instead that. of mouth guards, you got dummies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're chucking them all in that same category. I don't give a shit. Okay, what's up from adult babies? <laughs> Toddler class. Yeah, probably. Uh, Toddler up to about 140, and then we just call everything else serious. And then <laughs> when coaches are all about baby steps, like you got baby steps for this, they can, uh, they can apply it in a literal sense. I'm not sure I want to be this anymore, do this anymore. It's humiliating. <laughs> shut up, get fatter, or just shut up. Shut up, up ching dang ding dong side. Get in there. Because <laughs> you know it's all a. <laughs> Oh God! Mexican references. <laughs> this... oh, right. Okay, let's get so, back no, to no, a place where we might not be. Yeah, so, so, so no, just, just on, on that cyclone card. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> no, it's not right. Sorry. Big big shout out to Shan yeah. Cameron. How good does she look in yes. that fight? And I tell you what, I love about Chantal Cameron. Like, I, I know last time I said, you know, she's the sort of lady that if she wasn't boxing, she'd be out in the streets scrapping, and she wasn't too happy about that. But the leverage she gets in her shots, like the shoulder rotation, I think you'd need two protractors to measure the angle. Like, geez, she was really sinking those shots in and the poor lady didn't know what had hit her. That last left hook to the body, a delayed effect, there's probably bruising to the ribs. And I'm really excited by her because she just looks like she wants to have a row. And for me, that's 80% of the excitement is two people who just want to have it. And she looked impressive. Ring attire was good. You can see what Shane's doing with her. There's going to be a lot of females at the top end that aren't going to be interested in fighting her. Agreed. So you're going to see your Natasha Jonas's, your Katie Taylor's that are going to stay away from her for quite a while, I suspect. And Jonas especially. She's going to be frozen out. Do you see Jonas just grinning and smiling at at, at the Manchester show? Joe Gallagher's me mate. Wouldn't trust him anywhere near me pets, though. Uh, but you would smash her, though, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in such a trouble. Oh, You did laugh a bit like Muttley there. It's yeah. <laughs> classic. We're leaving that in. Um, Chris Congo fought. I wouldn't First smash round Chris Congo. Um, I wouldn't smash Chris Congo, no. <laughs> Chris Congo, special, special talent. I'm training out of Miguel's at the moment. I, I I genuinely think if Chris Congo was American, he'd be all over the forums. There'd be the hype. There'd be all the nonsense around him. He's a great fighter. He's someone you can have nothing but respect for. He's done it the hard way. I mean, boxer's an amateur for Fisher. I think his brother, Obed, was an ABA champion as well. Boxed for GB, did all the right things. Now as a pro it seems people don't want to show him love. And at this point, I probably need to divert and say, we need to ask a question about why Eddie Hearn either doesn't sign or doesn't promote fighters from certain backgrounds. And this isn't really a race thing, actually. It's more, he's done a lot to avoid the the South London demographic, if you see what I mean. If you look, there's no one at a matchroom show, really, who represents those areas like Brixton, Peckham, Norwood, although there are a lot of boxers around there. You know, you've got 
you got guys like Richard Riakpour, you've got Isaac Chamberlain, Dillian White. And if you look at those two, Isaac and Dillian, they never get the promotion that their talent deserves. And the cynical part of me says, Eddie Hearn, knowing what his matchroom brand is, doesn't want that kind of South London yardy demographic at his shows. What? Dillian White's rubbish though. It's really wait, hard. Wait, 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 no, no, no. She may not be the best. Right, okay. So I can see Dillian White. Dillian White's better than Dave Allen. Profiting from that split between the, the things. Because he would sit, presumably, he would sit in that two to 220. If he, if he could boil down, he probably would, yeah. To get into that. So I could see him benefiting from that. Because, uh, how, however, I'd need some guidance here on how... How big does Tyson Fury come in? How much does Anthony Joshua oh, he, weigh? He's They're in the bigger, super heavies. Right. right. If Fury will come in around 270. So that's the sort of that's the sort of person I can see. But I, when I say he's rubbish, what I'm doing is comparing him against the field at the moment, which admittedly is not Tyson Fury. But he's, he's better but than against, Dave Allen, though. Yeah, but I he's arguably... I'd Dave say Allen, he's I'd, the second best heavyweight in Britain at the moment. You'd be hard pressed to make a case against him. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, that's not a field that he's competing in. If he wants to, I mean, you know, he's, he, he wants to. You'd have him in the top ten of the world at heavyweight. You'd have him in the top ten. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Like, you, you're not going to have him in the top three, and you're probably never going to have him in the top three. He's not an elite level fighter, but he's always he's interesting enough to keep in the top 10 here's me who does he fight though that makes you go yes that's the problem he might be right but I don't get interested in any of his fights but but regarding Dillian here's what I've suspected for a while Joshua will vacate the WBA because doesn't need it IBF yeah more interesting fights you you can vacate the WBA Hearn makes White versus Miller for the WBA Joshua fights the winner gets his belt back I can see that's how they're going to start doing it now, where they have to give these incentives mm. to build people up. That they, they, they can only be one reason why Hearns parked himself fully in the Bay marked WBA. How, how would the um, how would they weave the story of Joshua vacating? Because they're not just going to go for Joshua well, vacating. I don't want to fight Ortiz. It's easy enough to vacate belts and just blame yeah. it on the fact that sanctioning bodies are trying to impose mandatories that are too difficult to fit into the yeah. calendar. Right, okay. yeah. That's an easy narrative. It's... It's one they've already started to lay. Like, if you look at the Hearn interviews over the last six months to 12 months, they've already started, or certainly since the Klitschko fight, they've already started to give that narrative anyway. Whether they do it or not is different. They'll keep the IBF because the IBF's the belt that Joshua earned. <laughs> he earned it. Yeah. Ah, oh, I like what I did there. I put a H <laughs> on the beginning of what you said and I turned it into earned it. And then, and then the WBA, it was a super belt, whatever. That's yeah, almost as good nice. as Bumglione. Almost Bungle, as good. Yeah. See, again, in my head, like Joe's, it sounded really good. And then I, I said it, and then I realised it was really shitty. But... <laughs> Except not on live TV. Yeah, not on live TV. But it is staying in the podcast. Okay, so let's um, do a preview, not preview, of the next-gen card, which is already failed. Can I jump in? Because I, I, I didn't see much over the weekend, but I can tell you this is probably the best card that you're going to see in Britain in 2017. Oh, so you need to make wow. sure you're tuned in. Okay. Is it Friday night for this? I am excited. Yeah. Tell me about it. Friday what? night. So like, uh-huh. yeah. So, I mean, this is probably far and away. This blows everything else out of water. You sound genuine. 100%, my friend. 120%. 120? Um, wow. 
I'm just going to read off of BoxRec, right? This is how much love Matchroom are giving us. So Matchroom mm-hmm. can control what's on BoxRec. Top five list on there, Charlie Edwards versus Matty Chanda. That fight's not happening. Oh, well, um, oh. So, look, it shows oh. the kind of love levels that we're getting from Matchroom for this card is that they haven't been bothered on Sunday evening to update BoxRec for... <laughs> and I know they can't. They haven't got the admin rights to do it, but they can send the information through. Blame BoxRec if, uh, you know, Matchroom maybe ought to be... Either getting their ducks in a row or chasing up. So, Jason Cunningham versus Reese Bellotti, Commonwealth featherweight title. That Uh, sounds good. Bellotti walks through Jason Cunningham, in my view. Bellotti's a good talent. He's a special talent. In the wrong Uh, camp, though. Uh, I, I just, I just believe he's in the wrong. But camp. that camp will do him fine at the moment, and he will walk through. Not, yeah. not walk because Jason Cunningham's a tough man. I'd say walk through away. Um, oh, okay. He will beat Jason Cunningham one way or another. Oh, so what other close fights have we got to? Look so what we got? To? Natasha Jonas, yeah. versus Karina Kopinska, oh, the lady from good. TK Maxx. Yeah, the lady from TK Maxx. Do you remember the one when you bought those trousers in TK Maxx, and she? I think you paid on contactless. Yeah, surprise. Yeah, 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 she was the one because they came under 25 quid. So you remember? Wouldn't, so. wouldn't oh, give her what? phone number though. No <laughs> shame. No, so. Uh, Did she I mean, do the ring yesterday? <laughs> she was serving drinks. Um, Kapinsko, who we saw get smashed up by Katie Taylor. So what does Eddie Hearn do? He recycles her for oh, Natasha Jonas. Oh, okay. Makes That's a change. A shame. You know, clearly loves Jonas, investing heavily in her. Um, <laughs> No, no, honestly, I think Eddie Eddie's really bought into women's boxing and really bought into this whole Natasha Jonas thing. I think... His um, body language tells me that. Yeah, I mean, if you remember Steve Goodwin when he was on, he did say something about Eddie didn't want to sign... Oh, Natasha that can't Jonas. be true. Really? Um, <laughs> no. Um, but, you know, it's good because he's using her in her hometown of Liverpool. I mean, this is in London, but whatever. Like, London Pool. To begin with L. Just, just London Pool. London Pool. <laughs> Against such a high quality, world class talent as Karina. Well, technically, your call does have a pool. (laughs) It does. Right, so we'll move on. Isaac Chamberlain. Isaac Chamberlain, we love Isaac Chamberlain. Hearn shafting Chamberlain again. Oh, so let Chamberlain free. Set Chambo free. So this is this is this is the big fight, right? Okay. This is a big fight. So he is meant to be. Look. I'm looking forward to it. Who who was he meant to be fighting? Oh wait, I think we might have seen him last night. Uh, was he going to be fighting a Fijian cruiserweight who was undefeated, which would have been a good story to oh, sell? Right, yeah. Oh, and, then, and then we found out yesterday he can't fight with a hangover. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then it turns out he now can't fight next week because he got stopped by Hosea Burton. So you basically look. I'm not saying these are the words of Isaac Chamberlain because they're not. They're the words of me. What you've done is you've prioritised Hosea Burton over Isaac Chamberlain by taking Isaac Chamberlain's opponent away taking him up to Liverpool to get stopped by Hosea Burton, which means you've now got Isaac Chamberlain, who's a legitimate talent at Cruiserweight, one of the most exciting divisions in the country, and you've taken his opponent away that you could have made a very good story out of. And now Isaac Chamberlain's presumably scratching around, thinking, I've got five days, so I'm fighting. Stop shafting Chamberlain. Start telling Chamberlain the truth. Give Chamberlain a plan towards being a legitimate champion. Regardless of the story, wouldn't Chamberlain just walk through this? this, this Quite possibly, maybe. But it's somebody who's in his division and Chamberlain is a lot less further forward. Chamberlain's only had eight fights. Hosea Burton has been the British champion. Hosea Burton didn't need that guy. Given that it was just a tick-over fight for him as he tries to get a Buglioni, so a Bumglioni uh, rematch. <laughs> That's brilliant. You should use that. What I'm oh, going to do, I'm yeah. going to use that more often. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because it's so funny. Yeah, it's pretty joke. good. Um, so, yeah. What is, 
this to me is it's Maybe sickening. Joe's got rabies. How would he have got that? Everyone on Twitter tweet Eddie Hearn and go, "Why are you shafting Isaac Chamberlain?" Just ask the honest question. Why are you shafting him? And if he bullshits you with a response, just flip it and go, "What's the three-year plan for Isaac?" Because I don't know, and it's not fair on the kid. Because this guy, let, let's be absolutely clear. Yeah. When a young man with eight professional fights and not much of an amateur background steps in the sparring ring with men like Masternak, Usyk, Usk, and Mike Perez, experienced, strong, tough men, and more than holds his own, comes out of it with a lot of respect, why is Hearn sat on his hands? Well, meanwhile, you're telling me Josh Kelly's the future, but Josh hasn't done any of this, and that's no disrespect to Josh. He's new. Okay, well, so, so would, it, would it have made sense to have had... Chamberlain take on Burton, or is that no, no Chamberlain against Iqbal? So what? No, what, just have Chamberlain against someone like so Arthur and Iqbal. Okay, but, this is the point. Hosea Burton is a light heavyweight, and they've taken a cruiserweight that's meant to be fighting next week <laughs> and shipped him up to Manchester. <laughs> right, okay, that's and, why and, that fight, and said, don't even drop weight. Yeah, so uh, yeah, that, <laughs> there was over a stone difference between the two, and so. This is the point that Hosea Burton has been a British champion, a light heavyweight. He didn't need that guy. They could have pulled another guy for a pointless fight, which it was. And so they've taken Chamberlain's opponent, probably said to Burton, whatever you do, don't stop him because we need him next week. And Burton just got in there in fight mode, and rightly so, and gone out and blown the guy away. You, I don't even think he tried to stop him. Honestly, this, this Latiniara guy was just falling over. So, anyway, <laughs> so it sounds terrible. But Isaac Chamberlain. Who, who's the best opponent that Isaac Chamberlain could be taking on now then? Arfan Iqbal, English title, which Steve Goodwin had offered to Eddie Hearn. I've seen text messages myself. Um, that is legitimately he's offered it. Why wouldn't he have taken that? Uh, Maybe he didn't know. Maybe Isaac no, was I never mean, told it. I mean, I mean, why would Eddie have hurt? Had he not have taken it? Would there be? Is there Maybe a- he's trying to bury Isaac and go. I'm saving all of these good fights for maybe another cruiserweight that I have. Oh, maybe saucy. Why though? Saucy. Because when you've invested a lot of money in Olympians, <laughs> you can sell them across the country. It's hard. Hearn can't be bothered to sell Isaac Chamberlain. We like Isaac because we understand what the graft is all about. And we're 110% behind Isaac. Hearn seemingly isn't because he's wedded himself to this Olympic dream. Which is a shame because it, I, I see it as the same as, as football. When, you, as a, as a, as a, when you're a fan of a football team and you buy a 50, 60 million pound player, there's, a, there's a, a certain amount of excitement. When you see a young lad come through the ranks, it's so much more rewarding to see that player blossom into a decent and, football. And we're not saying 100% of lads out of the matchroom stable would expect to come through. But when you're investing in Sam Eggington still, after all the opportunities Sam Eggington's had, and every single fan who's watched Sam Eggington will tell you the lad is game, the lad is tough as they come, but he's not a super talent. And we've seen him. We've seen what level he's at and where he gets beaten. So to continually reinvest in that, whilst you, question, whilst you leave Chamberlain on the bench, has Chamberlain even got the JD endorsement? I'd be surprised. He hasn't even got the JD tracksuit. Hasn't got the JD. He hasn't. They haven't given him anything. Matchroom have given Isaac Chamberlain nothing. I don't know how many this this is going to go to. But if you're not tweeting Eddie Hearn and saying, "Mate, you're shafting this man in a way that we can't respect." We cannot respect how you're treating Isaac Chamberlain. Me, if you've got someone who is as talented as you two tap him to be, that thing, you would leave him just rotting but what in the reserves. So what I'm saying is give him the opportunity. He may not be a world-class fighter. We don't know that. But when you're giving the likes of Sam Eggington repeated opportunities, then at least give Isaac one. 
because he yeah. came through the Waddy Camacho fight on a next-gen card. He dislocated his shoulder earlier on in the fight. And, okay, there was a little bit of black magic going on in the corner and things went like they probably shouldn't. Um, I think they had to pop the shoulder back in and that goes against some of the rules of what you're allowed to do. But it happened, whatever. You've got to respect the fact that he went through that pain and he came through that fight and he beat Camacho on points. That shows heart, that shows grit, that shows determination. And then at that point, he picks up the Southern Area title, is made to drop it before he's even defended it, and then he's left to fight TBA at five days' notice. This is like three fights on from when he beat Camacho. So what I'm saying is... Where's the progression? Where's the progression and where's the opportunity? Those are the two things. That that's all I'd ever ask. And, if, and so if I ask you to why that hasn't happened, am I going to get no idea? No, I, no, I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you. Hearn doesn't want that South London demographic to grow at his shows because his shows are full of bankers, accountants, and other people who sit there and do as they're told. That He doesn't want the O2 to look like a Frank Warren show. So he struggles to push him. Um, also, I think he has very fixed views on what he thinks Isaac Chamberlain can do, and he's not willing to invest. I'd rather he was just honest and said, I don't see a future in Isaac Chamberlain. If he doesn't, fair enough. And if he doesn't, then let, let him, him go, go to Warren. Let him, or let him go to a Steve Goodwin. Let him go to somebody down south. Let him go to MTK. You know, we were at their shows last night, cracking event, cracking arena. Let him go to a Goodwin and MTK and let them build him. Let them have the opportunity with him. And if he then gets up to English, you know, borderline British level, I bet you Hearn's ears will prick up at that point. He'll start to pay an interest in him. It's almost like that footballer that, you know, is at United and he's on the bench and then he leaves and he drops down a division or whatever. And then 10 years later, you see him back in, uh, like playing for Burnley and on the cusp of an England call up. And then they get that big transfer again later on. Yeah, That's the kind of thing you maybe need to see out of Isaac Chamberlain. Maybe he needs to push it. Maybe he needs to push to get out of there because it's not doing anything for him. Well, and he's not going to develop. I'll put, put it himself. out there, man. I'm happy to have that long lunch with Isaac, man. We'll talk it all out. We'll plot the path. And you, then let, let's we'll pull a plan together. And then let's see if Hearn's really going to back what Isaac's about. Because I don't think it's fair right now. All right, so let's preview the rest of this card really quickly. Um, because as I said, it is probably... It's it's a TBE card. It's the best ever. <laughs> we started off playing that game, and then we just slagged... <laughs> we're out of character too much for that to be... No, 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 because I'm back in now. <laughs> All right, okay. I've talked about TBE. Now we're on to TBA. Ooh. Felix Ooh, Cash versus yeah. TBA. Lovely. Wow, Ted Cheeseman sound... versus TBA. Could you easily afford the senior byfield? No, no need, mate. No need when TBA, TBA. was available. TBA is pretty tough. Craig Richards, TBA. Oh, that's, that's Harlem Eubank. Interesting name that Harlem Eubank's turned up on a matchroom mm, show. That's exciting. TBA. So, Ooh, so wow. This guy's so, going to be knackered. So I'm okay with Harlem Eubank being TBA. I think no, he, no problem he, he's with that. He's one fight he's in. one fight in, isn't he? Um, so he is... I want to use what... He's, 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 he's not a brother, is he? He's a Eubank cousin. I don't know what the the details. So are. I think I think he's the I think he's he's Chris Junior's cousin. Um, fought in the novices not that long ago. Fought a young lad Martin McDonough, I think, as well. Um, he's been around, but not seasoned enough for me to be that excited just yet. I think he's still on a long road of development. Can you, uh, one of you, answer the question for me? TBA. So we know it's to be arranged, right? What are the technicalities behind TBA? Firstly, 
with this amount of time, why do they not know who he's fighting? Where do these fighters come from? I'll tell you what it's about, right? Matching fighters is difficult. Matching fighters right now is difficult. Watch the thing I did with Steve Goodwin on uh, Ring Talk, one of his YouTube programs. He actually explains this. And the job of matching fighters, you have less journeymen available at the moment. Like there's a, there's a dearth of journeymen around, which is what these lads need. Because well, Steve's that. turning them all into champions. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. I mean, to be fair, Ted Cheeseman, Isaac Chamberlain, they don't need journeymen. They need proper opportunities. Felix Cash, you would maybe let go with another couple. Um, but Harlem Eubank, you know, the TBA will accept that. Felix Cash will accept that. Um, I'm not having it for Cheeseman and, and Chamberlain. But actually getting hold of journeymen to take these fights... Uh, it's difficult because even down to small things you maybe didn't think of the pound against the euro think about where most of these journeymen come from the pound dropping so significantly in value against the euro means that you're paying lithuanians latvians bulgarians but you're paying them 30 percent more than you did this time in 2017 because of that drop in value um so the cost of where well, it may have cost essentially 2016 I saw you yeah, 2016. Right. I'm ahead of myself. Yeah. Um, well, it may have cost a grand in 2016. It's now costing effectively 1,300 in 2017. To cover the drop in the currency. Yeah. Um, so little things like that. The, the cost of bringing people over. And actually, as soon as a, a foreign matching agent, because that's what you have. You'll have a guy who works out in Latvia that will get hold of these people for you, send you over a number of options. As soon as they see that it's Matchroom that are headlining the show and not a smaller hall name, then they will also presumably apply their own matchroom tax to it. So the cost will go up as soon as they see that it's somebody from matchroom trying to match it. Um, and actually, there's not the money in it in a next-gen show for Hearn to be able to throw thousands and thousands for an opponent. They need to keep it all relatively under cost. So it doesn't surprise me. But, I mean, for the, for the Manchester show at the weekend, I know for a fact that going into that week, there were four or five fights still unmatched, which is shocking. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. So, you see it a lot. You see it a lot. So why does it happen? Matchmaking's yeah. hard. And also look at yesterday. They basically got those Lithuanians in on mass. Yeah. Down to Essex. This is, this is the Brentwood show. Yeah. And what you find is that a lot of these guys come over from the same gym. And like, so if you've got the good connections into those gyms in Lithuania, certain promoters have them in Latvia, certain ones have them in Bulgaria. If you have the connections to those countries and the connections to those gyms, you book them up, you know, a month or so in advance. Once you've got the fighters you know are fighting from your camp two months in advance, and you book their opponents up as soon as you can, and you snooker anyone else who's going on those dates, and potentially anyone who's going a week or so after, if, you, <laughs> or what if your you lad stops them. Is you just get the lads in en masse, put them up in the house, and you go, mate, you're here for four months. Here's your schedule. A second question, um, subsequent to that answer, why do they? Why are they coming from Eastern Europe? Is it because they're cheaper? cheaper? Is it? Uh, so that's that's the well, only. There aren't, there aren't so, that many English so, ones. So it's, it's a strange one. So, if you look, German fighters make enough money in Germany that they don't need to come over here. Yeah, I mean, they don't. There's enough money in German boxing. I know people that go, I don't know any German fighters. Don't worry about it. They box in full arenas that are probably bigger than a lot of the ones here. French boxing, embryonic at the moment, but still, there are guys there who are making a good living. You can make a good living in the Nordics, Benelux. So in Western Europe, you can make a good living boxing. You don't need to come over here and be a journeyman until it's kind of top end of British level, European level. Then it's appealing to come over. 
Whereas Eastern Europe, they'll come over for a couple of grand. You see? They Makes haven't it, got their own shows. Yeah. So they'll happily fly over. And it raises their profile. They get known. And that means that's good work for them. So it's it's a it's a mutually beneficial scenario for them. Okay, let's uh, move on to some. Have, you, have, we, have we covered that really exciting exciting next gen show? It's a great card. Although, just to extend that, so I will be in Sheffield on Friday. I've got some work up in Leeds. So I'm going to pop down to Sheffield. Dennis Hobson has a show. Is that Sam Sheedy versus Cameron headliner? Yes. So they're on. There, that, that will be televised, I think, on Free Sports TV. Don't ask me what channel that is, but you can ask them on Twitter. It'll be interesting. Um, Big Vern will be there, so it'll be good to have Big Vern in my ear for a few hours, just going mental. <laughs> oh, wow, that, that'll be an experience. Um, But they're tr- obviously, they're trying to do... I mean, I know through through mutual sources that Dennis is an admirer of what Steve Goodwin's doing. And he's trying to build a similar platform in the North because I think Steve does great things in the South. But, you know, the guys in the North need the same thing. They need an advocate. They need someone who's going to put shows where they can showcase what they're about. Because I think what we can take away from yesterday's show in Brentwood is whatever level of boxing it is, all fighters want to do is show their talent off to the public. You know, they're they're show ponies by nature. So, you know I mean? Dennis is trying to find the best way to do that commercially in the north um so friday will be interesting as i head up there and then i'm back with you guys again for Oktoberfest on saturday yeah <laughs> <laughs> are we doing one next sunday i was gonna say be... which means it could be a very oh, painful sunday podcast oh. there, there, there is a risk that there's no podcast next week yeah let's be realistic about this what we're gonna have to I, review I, other than how drunk we got I, unless yeah unless we just record it like five in the morning mm. Yeah, I too, just like, yeah, too many I could, canine references at that time. Yeah, the truth will come out. <laughs> uh, I just want to get uh, a question out of the way, or a couple of questions from Riku Heikler. Riku, my man. Riku, Riku will be there on Friday. With so many TV shows each weekend, how can small hall promoters get more punters through the door? Now, I just want to say that MTK, I don't know where they got those punters from last night, but that place was absolutely banging. It was rocking. It, it, <laughs> so many people there. It, it was the right sort of atmosphere. It was, it was just, it was, it was bang on, actually. 25% of the people in there were for Egbenike's debut. Was, yeah, wow. Maybe, maybe more. <laughs> like yeah, Egbenike's and Sahota. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, when yeah, the Bangra yeah. kicked in. Shouts out to Shaz for applauding my ability to recognise my Indian music. <laughs> um, so to recap there, with so many TV shows each weekend, how can small hall promoters get more punters through the door? Do you want my, here's my theory. If you're a small hall promoter, sack off TV coverage. There's no upside to having a TV deal. There's no commercial benefit to you or your fighters. I dare anyone to show me the numbers that would support anything counter to that. All you need to do is make sure that... It's on YouTube with commentary from us. us. Three. <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah. to, just to give you that, Terry, but before yeah. go on, yeah. But, but you know, just looking at what, what we focus on, if you make a show pay for itself, but through the punters that get through the gate, it means your incentives are different. When you have a TV deal, what you're thinking about is how can I make this look good on TV? Because 
you're not even thinking about growing your audience. You're trying to avoid criticism because that will damage your brand. Whereas if you take Steve Goodwin, for example, he's just thinking, for the people who have paid their money to walk through this door, how do I make this a good experience? And through thinking that way, you grow your audience because they come in and they go, it's safe, it's secure, fights look well-matched, Steve's approachable, he's there, the Goodwins are visible, friendly. It's a great experience, great atmosphere. So you build a self-sustaining business model based off that. If TV follows that, you already have the base, the baseline here, you can grow. Whereas some, you, you can't be in a rush to get the TV deal, which I think some promoters did. They wanted that TV deal and they have to satisfy the needs of television before the needs of the actual paying audience. Um, he also goes on to ask, how can small hall promoters compete to attract top, freshly turned professionals that are of interest to the likes of Matrim and Frank Warren? You can't. Um, you can't. I mean, look, there's always going to be the cream of the crop that go to Hearn and Warren. But, I don't know, say, say 10 people come out of the GB setup per year. Two, three are going to end up with Hearn. Two, three are going to end up with Warren. The rest kind of gets split up. So you've got the likes of Chris Billum Smith, who's end up with Cyclone. You're going to start Sam to Maxwell see, is MTK. Yeah, so you're going to start to see MTK picking some of these up. Um, the likes of Steve Goodwin picking some of these up. And don't forget there are people, Steve, MTK, that work in the management sphere. So it can be that they pick them up under a management contract and then can either use them or move them elsewhere under the promotional side of the deals. Um, so look, at the end of the day, Hearn, Hearn signs who he wants. Let's be clear about that. Like, if you don't end up with Hearn, it's not because you chose not to. It's because he chose not to. The only exception probably being Carl Frampton. Or Daniel Dubois. Or Daniel Dubois. Um, but aside from those two, I don't think there's any fighter in the country that's turned Hearn down. You know, it just, it doesn't happen. So whoever Hearn wants, he gets. And then whoever Warren wants, he gets. Uh, you know, out of the next crop. And then after that, it's just kind of splitting them up. So, you know, what can you do? You can't do anything to take away the top level, but you can do all that you can to, to get so, the second tier of them. So, so I have this conversation a lot with decent amateurs and we go through the process and we say are you going to sign with her no are you going to sign with warren no fine that's that's not fatal to your career now let's look and we go where will you get the best exposure so you look at cyclone you go okay tv platform you got the mcguigans behind you is the business model sustainable i don't think anyone's sure yet you look at goodwin goodwin has the momentum so you know with steve you'll get your call dates if you want them. And that's a reasonable enough platform because it gets the right kind of coverage. Um, if you're Northern, you're now looking at Steffi Ball. Steffi Ball seems to have a route into Matchroom now up North. So you'd look at him and say, right, do a couple of shows at the Donny Dome, maybe then on one of the bigger cards for a Warren or a Hearn. So there are always options. But the, the thing is this about being an amateur. If you really want to make it to the top, you've got to ask yourself, do you have anything about you that is special that we're all going to remember and notice? It might be exceptional power. It might be defense. It might be it might be just something special. Because you look at Joshua. He is. You just physically, to look at Joshua, he stands out among the heavyweights immediately. And then everything else follows naturally from that. Eubank Jr., insane work rate probably the the craziest work rate of 
anyone in the middleweight division. So find that thing that makes you stand out. But I think from a promotional perspective, just to touch on this, Brooke, Brooks Streetfield and I were talking in the car yesterday about this. So many promoters enter the game, but you ask the question, what is your lane in the sport? We know what Eddie Hearn's lane is. Eddie Hearn is big events, big pay-per-views. We know what Frank Warren's is. Frank Warren is just big British events. You know, I'd Building say, fighters up. Yeah. And then you've got Steve Goodwin, who is, here's my lane. I am I am York Hall, London, the Southeast, building fighters up who want to do things with us. Steve has a very defined lane that he spent years building it, but we know what it is. I look at guys like Tommy Dove, who I've got a lot of time and respect for. I don't know what Tommy Dove's lane is. I don't think he knows yet. Um, the Bowers guys are doing work out there as well, but I don't know what their lane is. And I think we need to be clear in what those lanes are because MTK have come along and they've been absolutely clear that we're here to stay. But I think they're also defining their lane. But you know, but they have. I think they probably have the capital to take a few gambles and a few more risks. So it'll be interesting. I think the next couple of years will will shake out a few things and we, we'll get back to a traditional orthodoxy again, I imagine. Yeah, if you just quickly to wrap up Riku's third question, how if you were running Matchroom now and had a partnership with YouTube, what model would you pursue? The same one you've got with Sky. Give, give, give people product for free that builds an audience and then when there's fights at mass, charge them for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's succinct enough. Delicious. Um, Shannon asks, would you rather eight £10 pay-per-views or one £100 pay-per-view? Such a difficult... You tell me the cards, I'll yeah. tell you the answer. Right, the next gen this weekend is a £100 pay-per-view. <laughs> 110 <laughs> Um Okay, so there's a few assumptions we have to make here. And actually, I'm going to almost repeat the tweet that you then reply back. Right. Um, can I assume that the £100 one will be far, far better quality? I think that's I think that's inferred by the question. I, um, so, yeah. So, what, what do we think? I, I personally, makes perfect sense to me. If, if it were my choice, what I'd like is, I don't know, four... 25 30 pound pay-per-views a year not an option mate sorry <laughs> so um probably the 100 pound yeah i'll go with that. i'm gonna pay 100 pound for gallagher's gym versus sims gym loser leaves town loser leaves town. <laughs> yeah <laughs> on a bus with losers spray painted on the side yeah, of it yeah. but here's the thing if you tr- look if you look at pay-per-views in general right i call it the joshua conundrum when Hearn says, I want to build a pay-per-view, Joshua probably just goes, I'm not paying for him. He's not one of my guys. I'm not paying for him. I don't really rate him. I'm not paying for all of these out of my money. Because I imagine the deal AJ has with Hearn, he can call it his money. So you're saying you pay £100. You're really paying £100 to watch AJ if it's a £100 pay-per-view. Um, if you take an example, Mayweather Pacquiao was about $100, right? In the yep. US, yeah. Do you remember who was on the undercard? Uh, Lomachenko and Danny Garcia, I think. Or Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa Cruz. They were fighting shit. Yeah, they were fighting absolute dross and they weren't who they are now, if that makes sense. Why? Because they were cheap. Lomachenko was cheap. And it was a... Aram said, here's a chance for me to get Lomachenko over so I can make money off him in the post-Pacquiao era. But we didn't get quality fights. It's not like we got 
Mayweather Pacquiao, Andre Ward versus even Sullivan Barrera. Yeah. Or, you know, going down even like a Frampton versus a Santa Cruz type fight. We we didn't get that depth of card because if you're paying $100 for a pay-per-view, you're really paying to watch the main event. Why would you pay for anything else? Kaiser Soze asks, why aren't we seeing all-out wars we'd hope to see in boxing? And has boxing become too safe or more about protecting records and legacies? Um, well... So, so I think there's a second part to that question yeah. that talks about... So let's go back to what people just describe as one of the great wars of modern times, which is Gatti versus Ward. Arturo Gatti did not walk into that fight assuming it was going to be a war. Huh? Arturo Gatti went off of that fight, blindly looked at it, went, Mickey Ward, easy work for me. Two or three rounds, he should be stopped. He's 36, 37, he's washed up. It was meant to be a walk in the park for Arturo Gatti. It just so happened Ward had the fight of his life and the styles meshed perfectly. So you end up with a war. No man intends to go to war that way. There's a handful of people like a Nigel Benn, for example, who will rain terror on you. But if you ask Nigel Benn, did he want to go to war with Gerald McClellan the way he did? The answer is no. Would he want to go to war with Eubank the way he did in the first fight? The answer is no. These wars that happen are like almost like a cosmic accident where you just get two stars and personalities married to a fighting spirit that says, I'm not going to quit. And that's how you get your wars. So they still happen. But people expect, because you have two elite level fighters, two elite level boxers, should we add, you're going to get a war out of two guys who have spent their whole life training to never have a war. <laughs> That's why you don't get them at the top level because you're trained not to have a war. And if it ends up being a war, what it means is either one or both of them have let their levels drop. But let's cut back to last night, the MTK show. So the main event was Id Hill versus Sanjeev Sahota. And you're not going to say it was an all-out war. You're not going to say it was Gatty Ward. But look, it was two lads that they were fighting an area title eliminator. It wasn't even for the area title. But it's two lads who are both at that level at the moment. Early on in their career where both of them will have learned an awful lot out last night. Sanjeev Sahota gets his eye busted up in about round five badly, shows a lot of balls to keep going through to the end. Busts his eye up badly. Um, and like, it's not... Yeah, all- Craig at Fight Talk was like, he it looked like he was watching a horror film. <laughs> Stop it! Please! Did for his did for his house. Wow. See, I, I would say he could have been stopped on the, the state of his eye because he could barely see out of it. But Id Hill didn't take advantage and use the left hand to pick out the... He didn't have a left hand, which was a problem, <laughs> actually. And, and, and Sohota was... He was in the fight. And I had him winning. But when the bell went, I said to, to Sam Craig from Fight Talk, I said, guys, I, I think Sohota's won this because he had enough control over that fight. And... Idris Hill has to go back to the drawing board and go, what am I doing? But when we're talking about all-out wars, look, if you get two lads who are very well matched, same stages of their career, both with something on the line that they care about, then you get quality matchups. We go back to the Leon McKenzie cello render. Two lads at the other end of their career, coming towards the end of it. It was the end of it for Leon after he lost. You know, there were things in there. Those two lads both needed that win to you know, for their legacies. And they had a cracking fight. So if you get two lads that... It doesn't have to be at the elite level, but if you get two lads well-matched that it means something for, then you'll find typically that you get a good fight out of it. Okay. Um, 
Let's move on to talking points. Kel Brooks to return in February. Sam yeah. Eggington. Wouldn't Damn. surprise me. Cotto's out because Cotto's fighting. Do you want to hear Saddam Ali in December? Do you want to hear the name I heard a while back for Kel Brooks move to 154? Liam, Sm- Liam Smith. Brian Rose. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. How Presumably, much must Hearn hate Kel Brook? Kel Brook must have got the Terminator, like Robocop with his... Just rebuild him. You just, know that bit oh, in uh, Only Fools he... and Horses where Trigger's on about his, his broom? <laughs> He's had his same broom for 15 years. He's like, it's only had 10 new heads and four new handles. That's <laughs> what so Kel Brook's like. Same fighter, mate. Just two new eye sockets. He's going to look like... Like um, a Cro-Magnon uh, man. A, just with a big... Like a Terminator from the future without on any of the skin on him. Just literally the Terminator. Do you know what? If, you, if you're in the opponent's corner, right? You just go before the fight kicks off. And you just put a massive magnet under the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and every now and then, you turn it on. Like, when you need your lad to have a breather and you just see Kel, like, just getting dragged across the <laughs> ring. Ending up stuck in the corner. One! Two! <laughs> the problem is he wouldn't even try and get up, would he? Yeah, I'm alright here, mate. I'm alright. Uh, I love you, Eddie. I don't know. Like, it's going to take a lot for me to invest back into Kel Brook. Don't get me wrong, he's only lost to the top fighters and not even in his own division, but... For me to believe there's anything left in Kelbrook that can get him back to that top level is going to take an awful lot of encouragement. Um, Hearn's got to put his hand in his pocket and get one of these 5'4 guys. I'd even take someone like a like a John Thompson or or John Jackson. You know, one of the, the guy that Andy Lee knocked out. Just something like that where I'm like, this guy will give you rounds. Matty Kobarov. Oh, God. Uh, you've written Yildrim down on here. Like, um, obviously, not oh, reference no, we've we got to talk but, about yeah. Yildrim's promoter manager guy. Will, what a hero! Right. I will fuck you, I will fuck your wife in your oh, bed. Yeah. <laughs> I you will fuck. Hold on a minute, what am I going to like, well, yeah, yeah, I've got to finish this off. This is he your was moment. like Gallagher, wasn't he? This is your moment of glory. Say something really intelligent. Okay, I'll sit down and have a think. Uh, I fuck your wife. Come on, just finish it off with Come the icing on, on the English. top. In your bed! Yeah, you're a man. Sit down, chill out. Your job is done. That is better than the <laughs> Bumglioni. <laughs> Nothing can top that. Not even... Oh, no. Let's hope John, John Gallagher doesn't say Bumglioni. <laughs> but it's fucking awesome, though. What I love is he sat back down. And how good is his peripheral vision? Because he was like, what are you looking at? <laughs> Don't laugh at me! No, whoever it is, he's just going, ha, 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 ha. It's, it's turning to school playground you know, yeah, in a, in type a school stuff. school when a teacher turned her back, and <laughs> the kid who was on the wind-up in the first instance. He's pointing her laughing. And the, prob- and the problem with it was, the second time he should have chinned the guy. Like, I'm like, you, you've been up there twice. If you're going to make come back with nothing. Yeah, you've come back empty-handed twice. <laughs> I'm now worried about Avni Yildrim okay. as well, so, because this can rub off on him. From a serious perspective here, right, if... When we spoke, because this sort of uh, thing erupted at the Fury Parker press yeah. conference, didn't it, too? And we've spoken uh, about um, the weigh-in when um, the punch happened to Willie Monroe Jr. from Billy Joe Saunders' yeah. kid. Right. In these circumstances, in order for boxing to clean itself up, does it need to set precedence, i.e., when stuff like that kicks off, both of those men get kicked out of the room, right? That's 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 what we're going to do. Take a percentage of the purse off. 
what what can you what can oh, you do? You, Martin's almost looking like that's no, not. No, look work. straight away. Here's the problem, right? And this is where the issues are going to occur. You can look at Dillian White when he chuck. Uh, sorry, don't you when he chucks the table at Dillian White. You can look at uh, Boogie. Boogie, fuck, he's on my mind now. Saunders' son <laughs> when he kicks Willie Monroe Jr. And you can look at Yildrum's promoter. Right, straight away. WBO are sanctioning the Billy Joe Saunders fight on a Box Nation card. Right, so you've got two different things there under a British license, and then you've got um, White and Chisora. It's not under any uh, belting body, but it's under the British license. Then you've got Eubank Yildrim. That's under a German license under the IBO. So how are you gonna? You're assuming that every one of these can apply the same standards to imply the same san- apply the same sanctions to each of the lads. It's it's nigh on impossible that you're going to get that. There's not one. It's not like there's a FIFA within boxing. Is that what it, it, and but I'd rather get, they did it in the UK. I'd rather the board were honest and went, look, yeah, we're going to take 10% of the purse. Yeah, but of, of what? From that Yildrim geezer? He's not fighting in Britain. No, no, no. no. For, for the Yildrim one, fair enough. But I think in this country, we should just deal with our own, keep our own house in order. I because agree there, because there's house. nobody that can discipline anyone, but I find Eubank, that's why it's always going to go then rogue what, in If Eubank goes overseas in the same scenario and starts saying the same thing in return, you could say maybe he'll get done when he comes back to the UK, but they haven't actually, they're not sanctioning that fight. So what interest is it? That would be the legal perspective. You can't take 10% off me because you're not sanctioning it. It's nothing to do with you. Ah, oh, so that's good. So then. straight so away, it, it, it can never it, ever change. It's a really muddy water. Boxing exists within chaos. And I think we're going to have to accept that chaos, as much as we may not all agree with Because it. there's money in that chaos. If yeah. it was ordered, rational and logical, <laughs> we could audit Mate. it and find all the pox and money. <laughs> if, if every fight was a build-up of Burns versus Crawler, and every fight had the respect of a Burns versus Crawler, then we'd all be bored. Do you know, if it was all Did you see them Klitschko, touch gloves? I didn't know. But Burns hits them in the nuts or something. They stopped. stopped. Look at me, sorry, mate. Touch gloves. That's why I said to someone, it felt like a sparring session. There, there wasn't that real. They had a fight. selfie before the mm. fight. Like oh. I'm all for mutual respect, no. but they have a selfie in the corridor. And then, like, oh, if it was all Joshua annoying. versus Klitschko build up, there just wouldn't be this. It needs that balance. And as much as we'll come on it and we'll criticise it, it still needs that you, balance you need of that chaos and sobriety. Yeah, because because what was it? Hosea Burton said in his interview, "I'd never fight Callum Johnson. He's like He's my, my brother. mate. I'm sick of this." Yeah, Mike Tyson said it best. We owe it to each other to fight each other because that's how we feed our families. And do you know which one really pissed me off? And I've never really criticised him on here at all. Huey Fury, when he pulled out of the British title fight against Dillian mm. White, and they came out, the Fury camp said, Huey Fury, Dillian White, they're good friends. They're not going to fight. Like, you're not good friends, are you? Like, you might have shared a few training camps before. You might have sparred a lot of rounds. You're not good friends. I'm not buying that at all. Like, I can get Vladimir and Vitaly never going to fight each other. Yeah. I, I can get that, right? The Furies, again. I can get the Furies. Tyson, Huey, never going to fight each other. Jermaine, Jamal, Charlo, never going to fight each other. Everyone else should be fair game. Unless you share the same trainer yeah, at that but time. Friends. If you're with it, if you're with the same trainer, I get that. But as soon as one of you leaves that training camp, you're fair game. Okay. Um o- on a side note, Vitaly talking about coming back. Oh don't. Oh yeah, don't thanks for uh, just uh, taking that still in my thunder there, Terry. It's fine. Sorry about that. Uh, I had a um, very destructive this show. <laughs> but Ukraine's known, like, you know, in the summer they tend to take I mean they take they the kids camps. off to summer. Yeah, they do. 
What kind of summer camps do they have? That's about growth and development. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly focused on growth. Very hormonal, those people, though. Yeah, wow. So there's growth. Humans as well, all of them. <laughs> Humans that have a lot of growth, but they get hormonal. <laughs> Our greatest strength is our subtlety. Yeah. I, and I, I, hope, I hope Vitaly stays retired. He's not ready for Joshua. Do your fighting in the political sphere, not the boxing sphere. Yeah, if you can get Eastern Ukraine back, yeah, yeah we'll count that as a victory for you. Yes. Come back and like... Then you can fight Joshua. Revenge for my brother. <laughs> if you can, you know, final elimination <laughs> against Putin. Um, fight a bear like Putin did. Beat a bear, then you can have Joshua. Wilder versus Joshua. Well, we need to deal with this, right? Wilder's career is turning into the the biggest car wreck probably in modern boxing right now. Everyone's and popping for drugs. Remains to Vern again. Yeah. Well, that's poo. Why is that happening? Because Luis Ortiz took something that maybe a masking agent to because he's got high blood pressure because all these professional athletes get high blood pressure they all seem <laughs> because to be that's Ill. what professional athletes get in it because you're the fittest in your you know in your sphere of what you do you're a professional athlete but i'm sure the percentage of professional athletes suffering with high blood pressure <laughs> and heart is, conditions is really really worrying like because they all their are, heart is so strong it pumps so much pressure is that what it is it must be like <laughs> all these all these athletes taking heart pressure tablets and, and high asthma. blood pressure. Yeah, and asthma. Um, you know, doing the Tour de France with asthma. Maybe, just maybe, don't be a fucking athlete if you've that's, got asthma. That's why Lance Armstrong actually got to kick it in the end. It, they made up stories about it, but it was because he had a bad he heart, had high, high blood, blood pressure. pressure. <laughs> you know what, Luis Ortiz? Maybe he has got high blood pressure. High blood pressure, but pressure he is, low testosterone. He is 75 years old after all, so that, that kind of comes with the age. But yeah, high blood pressure, don't be a professional athlete if that's the case. Or... Don't use masking agents to take PEDs if that's what you've done. <laughs> Anyone. It's not even alleged Anyone. because he failed he's failed the drugs test. So right. he's taken this, whatever it was, I can't even remember the name of it. And so he's technically a drugs cheat at this point. So yeah. don't be a drugs cheat, you fucking idiot. Yeah, why are you taking a vasodilator and all this sort of stuff? It doesn't make any sense to me. And if you're telling me it's for high blood pressure, deal with high blood pressure and but, don't be a professional athlete because right. it's on the band. Or- so, but shout out to Vada because they, they're the ones catching everyone. Like all these other anti-doping bodies are shit. And they said apparently it wasn't even like if he'd have declared it, it's that he forgot to declare it. Oh, so you forgot to declare it. So you're a professional athlete with high blood pressure taking something that's on a banned list and you forgot to declare it. Would love to see his insurance paperwork. That does sound legit. You forgot to declare it, you fucking old idiot. (laughs) That's the best put down. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. That is the best put down I've heard from. (laughs) Not having it. (laughs) You fucking old idiot. (laughs) Can you imagine how annoyed you'd be if somebody said that to you? Be like, oh! (laughs) My God, kids, that's right. say it to me all the time yeah. about the words. <laughs> um, okay, so, but let's go back to Wilder's career. At the moment, it's suffering for a lack of legitimacy, right? But Mace yeah. Povetkin fell off. Um, so, well, at the moment, he's just like some gobby ex-footballer. I, I think Wilder would fight Joshua tomorrow. I agree. I feel for Wilder, Wilder out of this. I, I think Hearn realises that's the biggest risk fight he can have, number one. Number two, Joshua still needs to re-sign. 
So you'll make all the noise you can to distract. Hearn goes to America now. He's got Jarrell Miller. Do not be surprised if you hear Hearn going, why won't Wilder fight Jarrell Miller? He said he wouldn't come to England to fight Dillian. Why won't you come and fight Jarrell Miller? Fight him now. Fight Big Baby now. And we might give you Joshua. Wilder mm. wants Joshua. And all he wants is a fair deal. Me and AJ fight. Yeah, this is about supremacy. 50-50 split. And I think that's a reasonable offer. Because we just want that fight to be done, right? Fury's not coming back. I am not interested in Fury right now. It's these two men that need to get it get it on and get it done. Because if Wilder breaks his hand on Stavern's head and that fight dies, Joshua's career will mean nothing. And do you know what? Tyson Fury can get it whilst we're at it as well. Like, what's he fucking on about? Well, he's he's going to go and weigh and He's going to come back, but not on a British boxing border control license. Right, yeah, I didn't understand So you're this. telling me that either you're going to go overseas and you're going to box in like Germany or whatever, one of their licenses. Okay, but given that your promoter, Mick Hennessy, can't promote in the UK very well, what are you going to do overseas? Or you're going to still do it in the UK, but on, say, a Bieber license. Like, honestly, you might as well get a fucking Justin Bieber license. It's pointless. <laughs> is, it, is it when right. you just get the Irish one like you threatened given, before? Given the licensing system, can't some random licensing organisation just license for the UK? Yeah, like of course Germans. they can. They can. But then Anthony Joshua's not going to get one of their licences as well. And uh, the British board won't sanction Joshua to go and fight on there. And so Joshua would be tearing up every other fight for that one fight. So for now, I plead with Tyson Fury, shut up. Because I'm bored of hearing about it. Yeah. Like, either come back and get a proper license, don't get a Mickey Mouse one, or don't come back at all and shut up about it. Or just go to America. Yeah, or go to America, or just go, go overseas and do something, and then talk. It's turned into Amir Khan for me. You know, yeah. Amir Khan pisses us yeah. all off, because all he does is talk about coming back. Fury, if you heard him in his interviews, when he was with Hosea Burton yesterday backstage on the IFL interviews again sounds like he's smoking like 50 a day <laughs> <laughs> honestly man he's he's in a bad way with that voice um, you won one fight mate you won one yeah. fight and look, and we, like, we all respect that but don't lose that respect yeah, any more than you've already done yeah, and I mean, it's turning into that everything he's done has just made me like, dismiss and, and him it, out of hand because like he's done that yeah, if, he did more than most people had, had done, but he's done that, and then it it destroyed him. Well, you know, you can't win a fight and then let it destroy you and still claim to be the greatest boxer in the world. And if you come back and get a Mickey Mouse license, then people just wonder what's going on. Okay, so why why can't he get he can a license? Because he's apparently, still, so so the UCAD suspension is lifted, gone. but the British board suspension hasn't so he'd have to reapply for his license he doesn't he doesn't have a suspension from the british board he just doesn't have a license he's not suspended he just doesn't have a Did license so all he's got to do is reapply not for giving it to him for his mental health something wasn't that a concern uh, a there was um, but, but a whole bucket of things well i mean it's probably best you don't box for a while yeah so the drugs and mental health stuff but look you can but they'll, give no no, they'll give ferdinand a license though. there's no ban at the moment. There's no, no. ban. He, he can apply for that license and very, very likely get it back. He could box tomorrow but if he got a license. But then you see Peter Fury saying about, and this annoys me, right? I haven't even bothered to watch back Fury Parker because I've seen so much commentary on it. I don't need to. Mm, it was a close fight by pretty much every account. Maybe Parker won it. Maybe he, uh, Fury won it. Whatever. But then you've got Peter Fury saying about like, they're going to take the whole of the Fury. So take Huey and get him an alternative license as well. 
Like, please stop talking about this yeah. because it looks like you're going into meltdown and like throwing your toys out of pram. Yeah. Plus, I've, nobody cares. I've always had love for the Fury set up, the Fury camp, but man, I'm losing it. It's yeah, unraveling. You can't lose a world title fight and then threaten to, to, to run off. Well, <laughs> you've lost. If you was a title holder, then you might have a cause for like uh, some sort of some sort of weight in this argument. But the fact you've just got beaten and then go, right, we're going to piss off. All right, then bye. I'd have so much respect for uh, for Huey Fury if he went back and rebuilt himself into a position where yeah. he can fight for a world title. Because let's be honest, again, he shouldn't have been fighting for a world title in the first instance. He's out of the ring for 24 months. His best win was whatever his name was. That I can't remember his name. Doesn't Fred matter. Cassie, wasn't it? Fred Cassie. That is not a fight that should be getting you a world title. But he got it. Fair play to him, whatever. You lost it. Go back and rebuild and rebuild yourself up towards that world title. And then we'd all have respect for that. And let's do it in quiet, can we? Yeah. Do it in the shadows. Well, we've discussed the Vitaly comeback. Is it going to happen? No. Hopefully not. Why would... What, what, it's not going to happen, is it? Just... The thing is, the problem with in Vitaly's head, he knows he was so much further ahead than every other heavyweight when he retired. That he's probably there going, even if I'm 80%, I could hurt Joshua. I don't box how up much my brother. Be- I mean, uh, how much better was Vitaly than, than Vladimir? He'd have smashed Vlad to pieces if they fought. Vitaly, I think, is one of the greatest heavyweights we've seen. One of the best one-twos in heavyweight boxing history. A horrible man. Big, strong, powerful. How old is he now? 46. So you got your, you got those George Foreman eyes in you. Well, actually, that's that exactly what I was going to bring. How old was George Foreman when he came back? Thirty-eight when he came back. He was was he forty-eight or forty-nine when he was champion? So a legit comparison this time. But Foreman had like years of winning fights before he did that. Like Vitaly would need to fight four or five times before right. he could get to Asia. By then, you're forty-eight, forty-nine. Probably not. Yeah, but you know, Hearn would offer to fast track him. Get him in that first fight. I couldn't back. do that, could he? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hearn would love that. Uh, UK cruiserweights. I think we've touched on that actually. Um, we're just talking about how how vibrant it is at the moment, and how we just want these people to fight each other. It's don't, a beautiful division. Don't wait till everyone's ten or fifteen fights in. Chris Billum Smith looking good. Uh, look, people aren't even talking about Richie Riakpor, but Richie Riakpor, six foot five. Seems to have power in both hands. You know, he's four fights in, so we just want to see if it's... Mikel Lawal. Yep. Isaac he's Chamberlain. He's a weapon, Lawal. Big lump. Absolutely. Is he, is, he, is he a Sowland guy? He is. He's Simon Sowland, not that long back. Because he um, was with... I think he was with Tox down at Stonebridge. I saw his debut on a, a Goodwin show, actually. He yeah. Was like, fuck me. He was a powerhouse. Um, so everyone gets... Arvanic, Bow... There's plenty, plenty knocking about. The fights should all be happening. These fights will raise the bar. Luke Watkins, of course. All of these. Why has Cruiserweight historically been a bit of a division? Is it because Because, it's just second? They're not big lumps, really, and they're not skillful guys, really. They're that sort of awkward halfway house, aren't they? Could we see the amount of people in this division maybe spice it up a little bit in the eyes of the UK public? Yeah, because as long as you match them. Yeah, you've got to match them. Just crack on with it. Uh, okay, Cotto. Miguel Cotto versus Saddam Ali. 
Yes, December Miguel Cotto might be his last ever fight against Saddam Ali. A bit disappointing, to be honest. Would have liked to have seen that against Billy Joe Saunders. You know, sign off on a meaningful fight. But what a great fighter Miguel Cotto is. Um, When they announce the Hall of Fame, I hope one year they just go Mayweather, Pacquiao, Cotto. It will make every... Don't, don't bother balloting. Yeah, just, just have those three in there so we can all tick and go... These are among the greatest guys to have laced a pair of gloves. And people say, why do you love Cotto so much? When you watch Miguel Cotto, everything he does is so simple. You look and you go, but I can do that. But he does it to such a high level. Um, Left-handed orthodox fighter, which we've talked about before. So his lead hand is his most dexterous hand, which is why his left hooks and his jab were such vicious weapons. Ask Floyd Mayweather. Uh, so he he's in that camp with the De La Hoyas and the Andre Wards of great fighters who were left-handed orthodox. Uh, I think that's that's it. I want to give a shout-out to um, Gary Murray, guy who fought up in Scotland on the MTK show uh, Friday night. I think he's I think it's confirmed now that he had a bleed on the brain uh, coming out of it. Wow. So, yeah. so he was in hospital, wasn't he? Yeah, I think that's the case. I'm not 100% sure. Whatever it is the case with him, you know, I think he's been... Um, Looked after up in hospitals still. Um, what they say? He remained stable. in hospital with his family, stable, and they'll provide further updates. Uh, I, th- I think that's the case. I'm not 100% sure. It's just a sobering reminder that for all the guys who call these boxers bums, this is the risk they live with yeah, every yeah, time look, they step in the ring. You know, we spend a lot of time talking badly of some boxers. Well, not really the boxers. Never anything personal against the no. boxers. It's the situations that they're put in by others. And the others that should be taking better care of them, should be matching fights carefully, should be going through all the due diligence that goes around making fights. Uh, and I'm not saying that isn't the case here whatsoever. It's probably just a tragic accident. But look, respect those lads that get in the ring. Give them your love. Um, because look, as much as it may sound like we're fucking off some of the people, it's fucking off some of the people involved. Uh, it's never the lads that step between those ropes. Because look, we respect every one of them. Uh, Terry, you're actually written down Sexton Cornish in the British, he- British heavyweight scene. Do you want what to a that? horrible, horrible fight that was. We respect was. every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we do. we do. But it was a horrible fight. I'm yeah. not going to lie and say it was a great fight. It yeah. wasn't. It was a horrible fight. And if you're Daniel Dubois, you take that. You take the winner tomorrow. Um, so it's a nice three-round piece of work. You can imagine there's a now there's a Warren versus Hay race to get in there now because you could whack Joe Joyce in there if he beats Ian Lewison. I'm sure even Ian Lewison's looking now going, I could be British champion. So it's just that, that, that poor performance has just lit the touch paper in the heavyweight division at British level. And, you know, we might see some exciting fights very soon. If Joe Joyce wins, yeah, his next fight, then where does he go next? He'll be after, the, he'll be after Sam Sexton. Make no mistake yeah, about right, it. Yeah. So then he wins that. They're, I'm they're, just trying to project him forward uh, to see well, where... They, but then you consolidate at that point. But you've got a lot of other people, a lot of moving parts. Right, okay. So like you could say go for a Derek Chisora, say, but we don't know what Derek Chisora... He's got his fight in Monaco in November for the European title. If he loses that, then someone like a Derek Chisora will be relevant. If Derek Chisora wins that European title, he's going to be looking at different avenues post that. I guess I'm trying to like, figure like out like how many web. fights Joe Joyce got to win before he starts looking at... Um, a Dillian White. Depends or, uh, on performances. It depends on performance, opponents, opportunities from both ends of it as well. Because Dillian White, yeah. you know, if, if Eddie ever bothers to put his hand in his pocket and get him a decent fight, um, you know, he may win, may lose it. So it's completely... Uh, okay. and, and you know, Hearn will be trying to block Joyce's progress at every turn. Because 
if let's say Joe Joyce blitzes Ian Lewis in two or three rounds, Hearn will be saying, I can't let this guy get anywhere near Joshua. I know what happened in GB sparring. So you'll see, jo- you'll see Joyce get blocked. Opponents will get booked up to fight Dillian. Those fights will fall through. There'll but, be no yeah. Dave Allen fight. You don't want to give him anything. You don't yeah. want to give anything to Joe Joyce. And given Joe Joyce's age, this could sort of really stifle his career, if that's the case. Yeah, um, he's got to hurry up. So they're, they're, we're hoping that there's some money in those Haymaker Ringstar coffers. I mean, there's a very good chance Hearn and Warren work in collaboration at that point of like the two of us for the next two years just need to block the way of Joe Joyce. And David Hay, if he beats Bellew, because you basically got two heavyweight scud missiles <laughs> just aimed at you. Yeah, and so you've then got, you know, the likes of Dubois, Gorman. Um, Gorman will beat Nick Webb. I'm 99.9% sure of it. Those two lads. Don't forget Nicholas Webb, ABA finalist. God, I didn't even know that myself. ABA finalist. Box for Woking, yeah. Right, I'm not I'm not in any way whatsoever buying the idea that Nick Webb can beat Gorman. I, I wasn't <laughs> impressed with Gorman against Akinlade. Wasn't impressed um, with Akinlade against Gorman. Yeah, no, I wasn't impressed either way around. Um, but look, I've seen Nick Webb live. He should have lost to Harry Miles on points down at the 0-2 on a, a Hay undercard. Um, so you're going to have Nick Webb getting beaten by Nathan Gorman. Nathan Gorman holds the English at that point. Sam Sexton is Sam Sexton can decide where he sells that belt off to. He's going to be selling it to the highest bidder, you'd suspect. Any other business? No. I will train to catch. I am done. Okay. Can we do it in 15? I would suspect so. Cool. Right. Shout out much. to Sam Smith, Alliance Boxing oh. Club in Leeds. One of my favourite fighters in Yorkshire. Didn't have to say much more than that, but big love to Sam. Thank you very much for listening. Um, get in touch with us at New Age Boxing Podcast. No. No, you made that. Yeah, I did. Just at New that. Age Boxing UK. At, at the Seven Wolves. thought we'd save it for you. At uh, New Age Podfather as well. Go the get your tickets. strange guy with the beard and the waistcoat. Go get your tickets. Buy your tickets or don't talk to theater. me. Ticketcea.com. And... Uh, we so we're not going to see them next week. This is going to be a two There's week. A very good chance we're not doing it next week. Right, so don't expect anything for Let's two weeks. Frank. Although, although we might, if we can agree on it at some point, we might do a Caldwell thing midweek. He can't do weekends. We might do a Caldwell thing. We'd oh, love yeah. that. Dave Caldwell said he'd come on. So let's let's hope that that transpires. Okay, thank you very much for listening. And Tony's train. Goodbye. Bye. Show. <laughs>